Happy holidays and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. It is indeed December. We're getting into that Christmas spirit, although I think we've talked about Christmas decorations for like the past two podcasts. It's officially Christmas time now if you celebrate that. Hanukkah time if you're a celebrator of Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, etc. We're recognizing of all holidays here at the Online Warriors. And um, I am Illegal86 and I am, as always, here with the Nerd Bomber. Hello, everybody. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention my good friend, Tectic. Hello and welcome. Now, Tectic and I had a bit of a disagreement uh, before coming on air today. And uh, we just actually put it up on our Twitter. um, So we want you guys to weigh in. If you're listening right now, go over there and vote immediately. The question, the operative question is, are mashed potatoes classy? Now, I think we shouldn't, we should avoid... uh, saying who's on which side uh so that we people don't have bias but like who likes technic better who likes illegal better i'm sure you guys all have like your opinions better. but um in any case uh we're gonna let you vote so get, head on over there there's already i think one or two votes that are in and they're not just from us they're from like actual people so join the chorus of people and, and let us know what you think of mashed potatoes and how classy they are um That's not all we're going to be talking about today, though. Uh, We are going to be talking about uh, a number of things. Uh, First and foremost, of course, uh, the Black Widow trailer dropped today um, uh, on the day that we're recording this, that is. So we'll be talking about that. Um, We're going to be talking about that new E.T. commercial that some of you have probably seen. Um, It's actually an Xfinity commercial. And, uh, of course, we would be remiss. I keep saying we we would be remiss, but we would be remiss if we did not mention... Uh, playstation's 25th anniversary and the guinness world record that they have just claimed so um let's dive right in and get down to business with black widow so um first of all you guys did watch the trailer yes we did so um i I, let's just start things off Uh, give me an immediate out of five stars rating for the trailer itself it looked good. Honestly, I would I would give it a four stars just because there's some some things that I have issues with timeline wise. Um, I, I can get into that a little bit more in a little bit, but but all in all, until I can kind of grasp more what it's about, I I'd give it a four. I won't give it a perfect star because it didn't pull me in because I was more I found myself more going what. I think I would personally give it like a three and a half, but I, there's a lot of issues that I have with this movie in general. Like the trailer looked interesting and I think Black Widow having an origin story is important because Black Widow and Hawkeye were really the two that kind of got the shaft. If you look at the entire like base Avengers from the last phase, um, so, like, I think it's important that she got a backstory movie, but the timing of it just feels really weird. Like, we know what happens to her, so I really don't have stake in the game. Like, it's not like it's going to be super suspenseful. And the one thing that's really throwing me off, in addition to just the timing of the movie, is that she doesn't have a Russian accent. And, like, I get it that she didn't have a Russian accent throughout the entire phase of Marvel movies, but... I don't know if you're going to take her back to Russia and have all of her quote unquote sisters and Captain Russia or whatever his name is. Red Guardian. Thank you. Um, (laughs) If they're all going to have Russian accents and this is her origin story, then why doesn't she? So um, so that's one of the reasons among many that this is like a two out of five for me. I I watched it and I immediately thought this is what Marvel's going to do to like try to get me back into the Marvel game. But like... I love David Harbour. 
and what, what, what was his name again red guardian red guardian um i mean clearly going for like a russian captain america kind of thing someone who is apparently like kind of captain america but over the hill i guess is is the implication um and there's clear there's clearly going to be some comedy there but like you said so i think this movie takes place after civil war and before infinity war right do we, do we know exactly what the timeline but is that's what i saw but that, I'm not that's sure yeah that's correct that's kind of what i gleamed as well because there's already a relationship with hawk hawkeye and and she's already got a relationship with nick fury so it has to be before the avengers came i mean after the avengers came together so right. but obviously there's she's a, there's alive a lot of, the, the, yeah there's a lot of room to play with there and you know for all we know it could be between avengers one and, and you know the age of ultron i mean her and hawkeye pretty much had an, a relationship from the beginning and, and a strong one but to me it's it looks and this is a lot of this is unfortunately based on her hairstyle but like it looks like it immediately precedes infinity war is, is what i'm seeing um with that in mind in, in either way no matter where this comes up in the timeline it is a, a huge shame. And this is one of the first things I thought after watching this, it's a huge shame that this movie wasn't made sooner because like you said, there's just, there's so many foregone conclusions here, you know, um, red guardian, I would argue is also likely to die. Otherwise he'd probably show up elsewhere. He would have showed up for the infinity war. I mean, black widow, we know she's going to survive and we know it's ultimately going to happen to her. So I'm curious to see, what, what kind of compelling story they can carve out of this they have a, a lot of like a great cast assembled i mean uh I, I saw rachel wise in there florence Pugh, i think is how you pronounce it she's having a huge year she's going to be in little women she was in uh midsummer which i didn't care for but that's besides the point um and you have that really gritty apartment fight scene which is really i think the like the crown jewel of the trailer where they're where they're they're sisters but they're fighting um you know i, I would hope that what they're going for is more of a winter soldier, which winter soldier is my favorite Marvel movie. And I think it really kind of dug deeper into maybe not as much the comic booky elements of Marvel, but more the cold war espionage kind of aspect of it. Um, it'd be great to see more of that. But at the same time, you then have her falling out of a plane from untold heights and people shooting at her as they're falling, which doesn't really make much physical sense. There's just, there's a lot going on and a lot to parse. I definitely agree with you. I think they should lean into like the espionage and period piece type thing. Because I mean, if you look at all of the really good superhero movies, and I mean, there have been a lot, obviously, Marvel and superhero movies in general have taken over the cinemas. But if you look at like the ones that really stood out are the ones that kind of distance themselves from the whole superhero shtick. You look at Black Panther, and I feel like that was more of a a cultural type movie. Um, And even uh, if you look at wonder woman that was so successful i think because it was more of a set piece and like a war story and like granted she did have powers and she was a superhero but i feel like the fact that it was a a real set piece and not so much like oh i'm just gonna go fight a villain bad guy that was what made it so successful so i think leaning into that and getting away from the just like oh i'm a superhero here to save your city and having like a more personal set piece of a story is going to be the key to the success. I just, like you said, I feel bad that this didn't happen sooner because it, it should have like happened it, so much sooner. It would have been super successful too. You look at characters like Captain Marvel and she got her own full fleshed out origin story, but I would argue that I just didn't really care about her character that much. Whereas with Black Widow, I mean, she's been around now. It's been almost what a decade of Marvel movies and Avengers movies. And I feel like if you would have 
maybe not necessarily started off with Black Widow because I don't think she was as strong of a character until a little bit further into the Avengers cinematic universe. Um, But I think if you would have started out earlier with her backstory, it would have just even more fleshed out the character. And it would have made her her death way more heart wrenching because people would have got wow. Okay, spoiler alert. Well, but he, he's totally right. I mean, it's, and yeah, sorry if you haven't seen, I mean, at this point, are we even sorry that you haven't seen Endgame? I feel like we're not even sorry. Um, but I, it's a double-edged sword. You're right that I, I think there was probably a sweet spot where this movie could have fallen in, in kind of this Marvel taxonomy. And like, people have been clamoring for this movie for a while. And I think for whatever reason, it was in development hell and that's why it got held up or just it didn't fit in this grand schedule they have. But it would have made you know that emotional impact in endgame more impactful i guess and you know to to take a movie and you know we've already mentioned that this happened that they they show some of the flashback scenes from age of ultron i think in the trailer they at least allude to them so we're led to believe that it happened after age of ultron so put it there put it right after age of ultron so that you know it, it fits more into like okay these characters are dealing with the fallout of the events of ultron and like here's how black widow is handling it you know it would have made much so much more sense there and now we're kind of jumping around in time where frankly as mcu fans we have enough to deal with we, we have so many balls in the air with all these different new heroes and old ones continuing on that now we have to go back in time and remember okay at this point black widow was at this point emotionally and and at this point in terms of like her character arc so it, it's it's just a lot i mean do you think also, that MCU in general is just getting too complicated when you think about all of these different movie threads that, I mean, I kind of thought Endgame would at least conclude some of these threads and it feels like it really just opened more. And now you've got all of the Disney Plus series, which, while they can stand alone, also kind of feed into the larger MCU. So do you think it's just getting too much at this point? Well, so we definitely talked about this around D23 time and to me the mcu is entering its most critical phase right now which is after endgame we're going to need a really good excuse to keep people around you know like like you said they've they tried at the end of endgame dangling some threads oh you have falcon becoming the new captain america and you know we have the this this wandavision show which apparently is also going to be some kind of prequel i mean obviously it's going to happen with vision still alive there's another spoiler but uh, you know their their first movie coming out of is this their first movie coming out of um endgame i think it is no i think wasn't spider-man far from home the first one technically i know it was still part of that like marvel phase but yeah it was the first one after endgame okay that's a fair point but i I mean that would spider-man was the last the last movie in phase four i think so this is the first movie in phase five and it's going to be really interesting to like, like that is another thing that I thought is you're following up your huge triumphant success with this. Like, I don't know that this is going to draw a lot of people to theaters. It's not a new character, which in as much as, yeah, we might have some connection to her. A, we know she's dead. B, I think it would have made more sense for them to maybe introduce a new character um, at the beginning of the next phase. So, I don't know. I didn't see enough in this trailer. I I think a big part of it too, and I I do want to mention this, is that as powers go, I get that Black Widow is like a super assassin, but 
How interesting is that? But it's also Red uh, Guardian, and I and I want to circle back to him because the other question yeah, that I had in this trailer is when he puts on the suit, he goes still fits. I'm curious about yeah. that because the Russians' answer to Captain America was the Red Guardian, so that they can fight together against Nazis. Because let's be honest, no one likes Nazis. Um, True, and. If it if he said it still fits, that would presume that he had aged. But if you parallel that to the way Steve Rogers was aging, all of the people like it was it was years and years and years where he should have been an old man, and Steve Rogers well, so, ages like a like a normal human. He just has a super serum. So I'm a little confused so, as to when Red Guardian came to be. Do we know about Red Guardian? So you sound sound like you know quite a bit about Red Guardian, but maybe not. I mean, is he also super serumed or is he supposed to be super serumed? So like, he's, he, ha, is he supposed to have a similar aging arc or no? He is super serumed, very similar to the way that Captain America is. So they should theoretically age in the same manner. I mean, I would argue, though, that Russia, I mean, depending on how they want to spin it in the movies, like remove your comic book knowledge and if you think about maybe they're going to spin it that like they developed him during the I don't know if develop is the right the word. Cold War. Yeah, during the Cold War and that would fit right. a little bit more into the aging timeline. I think that might yeah, be Yeah, I, I mean actually. David Harbour, when you look at David Harbour, I love David Harbour. Um and there's something to be said about Stranger Things MCU tie-ins here cuz last we heard of David Harbour, he was very involved with Russia. No spoilers past that point. Um when I look at him, though, I don't see super serum in any way. <laughs> I mean, I can't be the only one. So, you know, I I do like the picture they're painting of this aging superhero who's like. Well, did you see super serum in old in old uh, Steve Rogers? Sorry, so what's the, what's the question? Did you see super serum in old Steve Rogers? Um, I mean that again. I think that was different. He he was old. David Harbour's not old. He's just middle aged. Sorry, kind of pudgy. Um, I don't know. I'll be curious to see how they address that because it sounds like his comic book arc does not match what we're seeing in this trailer. Um, for better or for worse. I mean, you know, Marvel has made changes for the for the sake of cinema before, and they've more than more often than not worked out. So you know, they're probably taking a similar path here, but. Um, I'm not sure, but, but you know, this comes out in May. So are, are you guys planning on seeing this? If were, were you, I was not excited. You know, th- th- this could be a, a, a rental for me. It might not be a theater theater experience. Yeah. We'll probably end up seeing it in a DVD or not DVD. Who, who buys DVDs anymore? We'll probably stream it at home. I, I, I don't see me wanting to go to, to theaters for this. Yeah, I can see this one being a Disney Plus. It looks like it could be really interesting. Like I said, if you remove the whole like Marvel aspect, it looks like it could just be a really interesting character study and spy movie type thing. But I don't know if that really compels me enough to go spend ten, fifteen dollars, whatever a movie ticket costs now at the movies. And I forgot about the Disney Plus element. You know, eventually this will be streaming on Disney Plus, which I currently have, so I can count on it being there. Which is perhaps another wrinkle in in Marvel's you know business model right now but i don't know for for me what it would take to go to get out and go see this would be absolutely stellar reviews which again based on what i've seen i just i don't know if it's going to garner that but but what what i think we all agree on it sounds like what we all agree on is that black widow deserves better and 
I mean that mostly in a temporal sense. She deserved this standalone movie a lot sooner and the experience as a whole may suffer as a result of that. Uh, we can leave things there. Uh, it comes out in May and I'll quickly Google the exact release date because I don't exactly know. Uh, it comes out May 1st, 2020. Um, so be on the lookout for that. I'm sure we'll get another trailer before then too. Also worth noting, apparently Robert Downey Jr. is in this movie. I mean, that would make sense. Right. The cat, the cast, so the cast was came up when I Googled it. We have David Harbour, Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, Rachel Wise, and then Robert Downey Jr. So okay, okay, at this point he's still alive. The question will be like, do you think he'll actually be in it or will it be more of like a CGI type thing? Like, I don't know, like a robotic thing. I think it'll be a phone call. Like she'll call the Avengers. Hey, I can use some help. Robert will pick up. He'll go, nah, we're, we're busy right now. And that's it. He'll almost have, I mean, well, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm Googling or I'm on the Wikipedia right now. Um, so Robert Downey Jr. is repri- reprising his role. I expect at most a cameo. I mean, you know, I, I think Robert Downey Jr. is probably in a position where he wants to move on from this too. So um, I think that's what we'll see. Also worth noting, we didn't talk about Taskmaster at all. And he is apparently the villain here. Um, do we know much about Taskmaster? I don't. Also, aren't there two Taskmasters? Isn't there a Taskmaster in DC as well? Or am I wrong? There's a Taskmaster in the Spider-Man game. So you should very much be an expert on Taskmaster. Oh, you, you know what? That's who I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, so I, well, yeah, and that's my, my largest exposure, exposure to Taskmaster is what he did in the Spider-Man games, which there is are basically people who immediately spot on to the comic. So, you know, a fair amount about Taskmaster. He is a perfect villain against Black Widow because she is combat based and he is combat mimic based. Perfect. Could right. be better. So there are people who see him with the bow and arrow and they immediately think, okay, he learned that from Hawkeye. Um, I don't think Hawkeye's involved in this movie, so that's at least I don't he, see him he, on the cast page. They showed him in the trailer. I, it, they showed him in a, in, a, in archival footage. I, I I would be surprised if he was involved. Um, but you know, I mean, Hawkeye and Black Widow have typically made a pretty good team, so maybe I'll be proven wrong on that. But in any case, we'll we'll move on. Uh, Black Widow, May first, twenty twenty. Uh, if you are planning on seeing this and want to yell at us for not planning on seeing it, yell at us on the social meds, guys. Uh, we're all on Twitter. Uh, our our main account is at Online Warriors One at Twitter or at Twitter on Twitter. Um, we just posted that poll about mashed potatoes there too, so you can go check that out. Hashtag sexy uh, potatoes. Hashtag classy potatoes. Thank you very much. Um, I am at OW Legal eighty six, and then we have at OW Nerd Bomber and at OW Tactic. Hit us up. We'd love to chat with you about Black Widow, mashed potatoes, and maybe about E.T. Uh, because some of you have probably seen this ultra cute extended E.T. I almost said E.T. E.T. Uh, commercial, uh, which is actually um, a commercial for Xfinity, which is a Comcast thing. Uh, we all love Comcast, don't we? Um, and it actually features the original actor who played Elliot. Uh, and I'm currently Googling what his name is because I don't remember. I it's just say Jake Elliot. Henry Thomas is his name. That's why I couldn't remember it because it's extremely generic. Um, so I saw this commercial uh, 
immediately before a movie. I was sitting in a movie theater. I'll mention what movie later because I'm, I'm going to gush about it. But um, it's really cute. Yeah, I, I have mixed feelings on it, but I, I'll get your guys' feelings first, I guess. So I personally, I really enjoyed it. I actually caught this. I was watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And the so like I was already feeling kind of like holiday and sentimental. And we had like sweet potatoes in the oven. And I was in my pajamas still. And it was almost 11 o'clock. And I was happy and cozy. And then this commercial came on and it was like, boom, right in the feels. I thought it was a really well done commercial i would actually i would hesitate to call it a commercial because it it doesn't really lean that heavily into xfinity like it is obviously an ad but for the most part it almost kind of felt like a mini sequel and i know it was only like four to five minutes but like if et came back to earth that is exactly how i would imagine it happening the question that i have for both of you guys is is it sacrilegious basically knowing that et is such a classic and well-beloved movie is using it in a commercial like sacrilege? Oh, absolutely not. So you're okay. So I disagree with you, Tactic. I you're getting to my where my mixed feelings lie. I mean, I don't know if it's sacrilegious just for, because of the fact that it's an ad. I think it's if anything, it's sacrilegious because of the fact that it's being unearthed after fifty, not fifty, thirty years. You know, as a culture, we have to at some point ask the question: Can anything die? Right now, it seems like the answer is no. Um, and that does bug me a little bit. I think that I think the commercial was well intentioned. Um, you know, Comcast is probably fishing for for love at this point. They they need to um, shout out to Comcast. I really don't like Comcast. If you can't tell from my from my comments so far, um, you know, I think the commercial was well intentioned. I think it has a good message. I just don't no i mean imagine being henry thomas imagine being this guy sitting on your couch i mean what's this guy doing at this point and you get a call from comcast saying we want you to reprise our role you had 30 years ago he's like one of my harrison ford harrison ford's the only person who can do that if i was henry thomas i probably would have i would have said no but maybe he needs money i mean i don't know he genuinely looked like he was having a good time and i know obviously he's an actor and actors have to be able to put on emotion but I don't know what he's been doing since E.T. I would assume not that much since no one really remembered his name outside of E.T. So like well, he's probably well out of practice. I'm assuming I might eat my words on this, but he genuinely looked like he was having a good time and was very excited. So so Henry Thomas is still acting. Wow. Really? Like what is he acting. doing? He was actually in and we might have talked about this show on the air. The Haunting of Hill House. He was in The Haunting of Hill House. He was in Doctor Sleep, really? uh, which is very... Re- He's been in stuff, guys. Um, well, I, I take that see. back. I am sorry. I, I can't even remember his name right now. I was going to apologize. Henry, Henry. Yeah. You know, people with two first names, I don't trust. Just throwing that out there. Wow. I'm sorry if any of our listeners have two first names, but it's just, there's something about you, man. So, Ricky Bobby? You don't trust Ricky Bobby? No. Let me go ahead and wow. tell you guys my reaction to the commercial. And let me let Please. me open by saying I'm kind of a weird person. And the reason why I say we that knew, is that because already. in the entirety of the commercial, I'm thinking what brought him to Earth. And he just shows up. And at first I was like, oh, he, he was trying to visit Elliot. But then towards the end of the commercial, he's all sad looking at his family. And that's when it hit me. He wasn't going to Elliot per se. He was originally going there as an escape. And I think he he wanted to get away because something was bothering him. 
And then he realized, you know what? It's not worth it. I need to return my family. So basically, here's what happened. E.T. got into a fight with his family. He said, I'm going out for a pack of smokes. Wasn't intending on returning. (laughs) But then he started to think more and more about his family. He looked at it and said, you know what? This is something worth holding on to and went back. So basically, you're telling us that you have a hold of the script so that if this was actually fleshed out like they originally intended, you know what would have happened. He never got the pack of smokes. He went back to his family. I mean, that's a reasonably compelling backstory. I uh, I certainly didn't think about it that much. Um, there's probably a, a website somewhere that has fan theories about what actually went down. Um, I don't know. I mean... By the way, his character. wife's name is Barbara in my fantasy. I don't know why. Like It just... I can see him going, listen, Barbara, and then walking out. Well, while we're at it, what's E.T.'s name? Because his name's not E.T. It's E.D. in the in the fantasy. Oh. Ooh. Just, just Ed. What, what, oh. Uh, just I, Ed. I went, okay. Oh, man. I not erectile dysfunction. <laughs> That's immediately no, yeah. where E.D. I is, a, is a human name. It's called Ed. <laughs> his name is erectile dysfunction. Um <laughs> And another thing that I want to add, and maybe maybe I missed it. I only watched the commercial once. Where were the Reese's Pieces? Were they involved at all? That could have been a great tie-in. I'm sure Reese's would have wanted to get in on this. They would have they would have put some skin in the game for that. Yeah, I don't, I don't I don't think so. I mean, they did. They drew a lot of parallels to the original movie, so I am actually surprised. Yeah, because Reese's Pieces, like, I'm pre- if I remember correctly, they were pretty much popularized by ET. Like, they weren't very popular, and then E.T. came out, and everyone's like, I got to eat these Reese's Pieces, and the rest is history. So, also, I'm what's, curious what's if E.T.'s that happen- deal if with a kids? discussion happened to have them involved. What's E.T.'s um, deal with kids? Because- I don't know if E.T. has a deal with kids, per se, but I would say it's more because kids are more receptive to aliens and not, like, shooting them on sight, as seen in the original E.T. movie. But he was best friends right. with Elliot, because Elliot helped him out, right? And then Elliot has a kid, and suddenly he couldn't care about Elliot anymore. He's all about his son. I would disagree. Based on this four-minute clip, it seemed like he just wanted to visit Elliot and his family. And I don't think he realized that Elliot would grow up, which then leads me to an even more speculative question. What do you think is the aging process for an extraterrestrial like E.T.? Or Baby Yoda. Oh, boy. Um, We're getting into the really deep philosophical questions on this commercial. Well, and I, I wanted to go back to what to what you said, Tactic, which is you inexplicably, like like Nerdbauer mentioned, you touched on like the main theme of ET, which is that like adults are scared of stuff and kids aren't. That's like the whole point, right? Is that the kids meet ET, the kids try and help him, and the adults are wearing all the hazmat suits and like coming after him and stuff. Um, maybe that's why ET likes kids. Maybe he just has better luck with kids, and he's generally he's maybe he's been to a million planets, and the adults always try to screw him over. So he's generally mistrustful of adults. You know, um, I don't know how old he is. If I were to venture a guess, and ma- you know, maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's younger than the kids. Maybe he's a baby. We don't know. No, because he's got maybe kids. that thing that was. Maybe he doesn't have a wife. Maybe he's not married. Maybe that was, that was like his brother and sister. No, right. that was his wife and kids. Were there, I, I don't remember, were, were there like kid-sized ETs in that? Because it's on that little green globe thing, right? He like sees like a projection. Yeah, he, see yeah. The, he saw I mean, a big one and a smaller one. That was wife okay. and kid. It was definitely implied that he had a kid, I think. 
Well, right. And the whole, like, if there is any, like, commercial aspect to the commercial, it's like, oh, we can, well, watch Xfinity as a family. And E.T. is like, I used to watch Xfinity with my family. And, like, they show the family. It's supposed to be, like, this emotional moment. I don't know. I don't really understand where the commercial is in this. I think it might have just been Comcast was like, we got ad money to burn and this will make noise. So do it. I mean, it definitely um, succeeded. I would say this is probably yeah, the most talked about, about commercial that I have seen in a very long time. Right. Um, I, I've i decided it during this discussion that I'm, I'm anti. I don't, I, like, it doesn't really add much to the E.T. mythos. It just it essentially repeats the same story arc in four minutes and then he leaves again. It's like, all right, why'd you even come back if you're just going to leave again? I, I mean, think... maybe it's the pack of smokes theory. I, I don't know. Yep. But he decided to go back with Barb and Squirt. So I think we live in a time currently where there's just so much stuff going on in the world. And honestly, targeting Xfinity a little bit, like I think the interconnectedness and our ability to access information has really aged people. And I feel like the whole shtick of this commercial was just to like go back to when things were simpler and just remember like that joy that you felt when you were a kid and you watched E.T. and everything was just like kind of black and white and straightforward and happy and nostalgic. And I think that they're tapping into that as a, I mean, it's a, it's a good ad campaign. I mean, it worked on me. I wasn't expecting an ET commercial. I didn't know I wanted one. I don't really think I do want one, but I still found myself like really engaged with it. And for the four minutes that it was on my television, I was just like, Oh, this was, this was really nice. I really remember liking ET and it just kind of brought me back to that simpler time when I was a kid. And that's scary, right? Because I bet somewhere there was there is some executive who saw the su- success of this commercial and was like, "All right, we got to start writing the script for ET two, and we're gonna yeah, get ET two." Yeah, that I'm a like, little bit scared years. about. That's terrifying to me because I'm sure someone's thinking that right now. If you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking that, stop thinking it. Which means they're gonna remake the ET video game. Okay, that I am on board for redemption. That's a good redemption arc. Um, I don't know, like it. it I, I, and I don't have an immediate example, but I feel like I can think of many characters that are that old that I would also like to be, that I would also not like to be brought back the way that E.T., like, even when Indiana Jones came back for a full movie, I was like, I don't know if I agree with this. You know what, you know what I think would work well? Remaking kind of. Johnny Five. I think that would actually work really well. Who is Johnny Five? Oh my goodness. That is, if you guys don't know who Johnny Five is, that is your homework assignment for the day. Look it up. You won't be disappointed. Should I know about this? I mean, I've never even heard of it. Sounds like it's made up. Did you make this up? No, it's basically live action Wally with a little more angst. Johnny Five is a JavaScript robotics and IoT platform release. This doesn't seem right. Are you talking about Short Circuit? Yes. Oh, okay. This I have heard of. I still um, haven't heard of this. What is it? It's a great it's movie. A, a cup, it's a pair of movies that were pretty goofy, I think. I mean, but yeah, this is, like, it's stuff like this that, like, if you're going to revive 80s stuff, like, mine, bring back Back to the Future if you're going to bring back a bunch of 80s stuff, you know? Like, See, uh, I'm, I'm really torn on this because I do like the nostalgia trips that a lot of these franchise reinvigorations, I'll call them, have spurred because i mean we've got new terminator movies we have jumanji being resurrected now for the second jumanji resurrection i mean goosebumps was made into a movie you've got et being made into a commercial there's so many other franchises that have basically been culled from the dead and brought back to life in the last few years and back to the future makes sense the more that i think about it that would be such an easy revamp to do it does make a lot of sense but at the same time 
Like, while I love the nostalgia train that we're currently on as a culture and society, I would totally love to just see new content. I feel like even with Star Wars being brought back to life, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I'm especially enjoying Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian, but I want something new to be excited about. I want a new killer franchise that can suck me in for the next decade or two because, I mean bringing these old franchises back to life works for a little bit, but then my interest wanes. It's not something that's going to keep me around for another two decades. I need something new. Someone give me a good franchise to latch onto. Well, and, 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 and the, the key to nostalgia is that franchises have to be finite. Like people are nostalgic about things because they feel like they belong to them, right? Like people from people who were growing up in the 80s probably feel super strongly about et like maybe that's why we don't feel us any specific way about it because we i didn't felt very strong about up. this but i i watched et growing up a lot as a kid so but that's but that's exactly my point is that you know you're when you're you know 80 years old you're not going to be reminiscing about something that's still around you're going to be reminiscing about something that was around and around during your childhood and went away and like you miss it that's like nostalgia is about missing stuff if you keep you know reviving things there's nothing to miss it'll go away and you and you just think okay it'll be back soon so that is the fear but at the same time i mean back to the future they're the furthest they went forward was 2015 there's so much more content there like as a story you could easily bring that back i'm not saying they should I'm just saying that, like, why hasn't that happened is, I guess, more what I'm saying. I don't know. I feel like part of Back to the Future, like, the premise was okay, but what really sold it were was the cast and the characters. And I feel like they're a little bit too old now where I don't think it would work. You could maybe find yeah. a new Marty McFly, but I don't think you could find a new Doc, honestly. I think is Doc like, he was one of... I don't know. That's a very good question. Even even if he is, I think he's just way too old for the role, and I don't think you can really find a character that wouldn't be as made for that role as he was. Yeah, so he's 81 years old. He's still alive. I mean, I don't think you need to get a new Marty. I think Michael J. Fox would probably be super game. And, and I, I think so another thing you could do is you could create a situation where Marty McFly is the new Doc Brown, and then there's some young kid who's the new Marty McFly, right? It's a generational thing, kind of like what happened with the Star with Star Wars. So, I'm not again not saying they should do it. Kind of going devil's advocate here, but like, if there's one franchise that you could revitalize, it seems like that would be one that would make at least some amount of sense. E.T. I feel like doesn't make as much sense. It's a self-contained story. It happened. It's over. E.T. left. He didn't seem to plan on coming back, and people didn't. A lot of people didn't want him to come back. So. I don't know. That's where I'm falling on this. I think it's plenty cute. I think it's right in that kind of, it's trying to get into that baby Yoda sweet spot, but it's not quite there for me. Any closing thoughts before we move on? No, I'm tapped out. Samesies. Tactic? Samesies. Uh, Right on. Well, uh, with that in mind, we are going to take a short break for an ad, but before we do, I do want to shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Checkness. Ben was on the show last week. And he earned that privilege uh, by being a loyal Patreon supporter. 
he supports us at the top uh, level of the three levels that we have for support. That is the night level. And as a result, he gets a producer shout out in every episode, input into our game segment, which I will be hosting later on in the episode. And he gets access to our monthly secret segments and vlogs as well. Uh, the squire level is the next level down and you get access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and the lowly page gets access to the monthly secret segment. So if you want to be like Ben, trust me, you do, uh, you can head on over to our Patreon at online warriors. Nope. At patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. And, um, find out all the info there. We would love to have your support. We love doing this and, um, any little amount of support we can get, will help us keep doing it. So thanks to Ben and thanks to all our Patreon supporters and uh, feel free to join them. So we will take a quick break now and we'll be back to talk a little bit about PlayStation. From the galactic depths of the comic book universe comes the ghosts of the stratosphere, ready to galvanize and energize your mind with the latest of comic book news and reviews and Yes, that's much better. Hi, this is Andy Larson for Ghosts of the Stratosphere. Join me every week along with my co-hosts Rob Stewart and Chad Smith as well as a cavalcade of fantastic comic book guests as we dish out heaping helpings of the greatest and latest of comic book news and reviews. You can find us under Ghosts of the Stratosphere as well as on our website www.gotstratosphere.com. Hope to see you soon, folks. All right, uh, welcome back. Um, our final news topic of the day is about everyone's favorite video game console. Well, that's not true. Uh, probably just alienated like two thirds of the viewers, listeners, whatever they are. Uh, I'm talking about PlayStation, guys. And uh, whether you are a PlayStation fan or not, uh, they have been certified as of today as the best selling home video game console brand ever with over 450 million units sold across the original PlayStation, PS2, PS3, and PS4 as of November 7th. Um, they were presented with a Guinness World Record plaque. I'm looking at a picture of some Sony guy and some Guinness guy holding it. Um, I don't really know how that qualifies as a world record, I guess, but um, it's apparently a big deal and it all comes on the 25th anniversary of the PlayStation brand. The original Japanese console launched on December 3rd, 1994. Uh, I was two years old at the time to age myself a little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess t- to open the discussion, where are you guys at on PlayStation versus Xbox? And like, you know, I know you guys have a PlayStation, so you've contributed to their success doesn't necessarily mean it's your favorite i imagine you probably go back and forth but i'll i'll let you guys answer that so before we unpack that the first thing i want to say with respect to this award is this feels very much to me like the where the rare stats that announcers state when when watching like a football game or not they they always be like fun fact today is this is the fifth time that this player ran 20 yards on a tuesday you know, right. like, okay. So this to me seems almost like Sony was thinking, oh, what publicity stunt can we do to get Guinness on the to give us some free advertisement and really hype up our console? I would have to disagree. I feel like this is actually a very big statement when you have, like, you have to consider the fact that Nintendo has been around for much, much longer Way than PlayStation. Longer. 
And so I feel like this milestone is actually huge when you consider that basically in the last couple decades or so, PlayStation has more or less overtaken any other console brand. Like, I I don't even know when the first Nintendo console came out off the top of my head, but it has been like it's basically a birthed whole generations of gamers when you think about mario basically being the cornerstone for platformers and just moving forward even like mario kart was a huge kart racer boon i can't even like put words to it but i feel like nintendo has bothered so many things for playstation to overtake it really is a huge testament to just how widespread and popular playstation has become but nintendo specialized more in the handhelds which i don't think were under the same realm of what this award was considering. I think it was strictly console stationary Home, systems. Right. The Wii would like to have a word with you. I feel like the Wii was one of the the biggest, I don't know, I feel like it just had the hugest cross-section of consumers adopting it. Because if you look at the Wii, you not only had gamers, which is who the PlayStation appeals to, but you had old people, like my grandma played Wii bowling and she loved it. Right, but that... That's because that was just the Wii. The Nintendo didn't invest all of its time in exclusively console games. If you only are releasing console games, you're going to have a leg up. Whereas, going back to Nintendo, if you have this year was the Wii, this year was the Switch, well, things are going to kind of fluctuate depending on what are the demands for that system. So, I, I mean... First of all, I disagree with the fact that the Wii had a big cross-section. I don't think the Wii was ever... I don't think gamers are very into the Wii. I agree that it... I I suppose demographically it has a large cross-section just because, like you said, older people and more casual gamers love the Wii. Um, I do think that Nintendo has very consistently put out consoles, and while I agree that they have dedicated some resources to handhelds, um, I think it still definitely says something that PlayStation has outsold them in the console game. I mean, Nintendo has been, I, I did look it up. The Nintendo entertainment system, the first one came out in 1983. So that's over 10 years. It's 11 years longer that Nintendo had on them to, to sell consoles. And apparently they didn't sell as many. So, you know, to me, this is a huge statement. Um, you know, whether you chalk it up to Sony fans being intensely loyal or whether you chalk it up to, you know, however you feel about certain consoles. I mean, I think that when I think of console generations and I think of dominance in a given generation, the PlayStation 2 dominated that generation of consoles. I don't think you can convince anyone. I I think that's pretty much the widely held opinion at this point. You know, Xbox 360 versus PS3, I'm not sure. You know, in in this current generation, I'm not sure either. But in the GameCube, PS2, Xbox generation, I think the PS2 dominated and it, and it has a huge nostalgia factor going for it and you know i wouldn't be surprised if that had half of the 450 million um i, I think so, it was just such a popular console i have some stats pulled up on the the best-selling game consoles and the playstation 2 actually tops literally any other game console and it had over yeah. 155 million units sold which you it's also very impressive when you consider the fact that they were still manufacturing PlayStation 2s up until a few years ago you could still buy a brand new mm-hmm. one off the Sony website which 
that that is just a testament to that console and how strong it was. I mean, I probably had some of my best memories in gaming on a PlayStation 2. And I know now in retrospect, like the graphics were just kind of meh, whatever. But there was a lot of really cool stuff. I mean, you look at that whole console generation in general, you had that was like the birth of your rhythm based games like Guitar Hero was on my PlayStation 2. You had Dance Dance Revolution. And I mean, I know those. And if you look back on it now, like it's just kind of like a, a poof in the air and rhythm games aren't really big anymore but that was a huge 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 industry for a while i will also comment that the wii did edge out both the playstation 3 and the xbox 360 in sales so i just want to say by quite a lot with respect to your first statement that i believe illegal and myself owe you an apology because on previous episodes we were making fun of you for not being more of a GameCube slash Nintendo fan, and you were all about that PS2. We're sorry. The PlayStation I'm still a 2 game, was. I'm awesome. not sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm still a GameCube fanboy. I know GameCube is like the weakest of the three consoles. I don't care. I love my GameCube. Shout out to GameCube. Did um, the GameCube have iToy though? The PlayStation uh, 2 had iToy, and it was phenomenal. Like, it, it actually worked really crappily. Like, it, it didn't work great, but it was so much fun. There was that game. It was so and, bad, but so good. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it was one of those things. It was basically a very rudimentary connect where it used a camera and your motion sensor, and you interacted with games. And there was one, and I believe you actually were singing the song not too long ago, Tactic, but the washing windows, and you had your iToy connected, and the whole game was literally just you were washing windows. It was like you just used your hands to swipe suds off a window. And I don't know why it was so fun. This sounds but like it was. I was drinking. Was I drinking? I don't know. It sounds like I was drinking. The, the, the coolest thing that the GameCube had, because if you ask 90% of like, if you ask me, oh, the PlayStation 2 had this, did the GameCube have this? The answer is almost certainly going to be no. Um, but the one thing that it did have that, what uh, to tie into what Tactic said about Nintendo being so into handhelds, it had this like adapter thing you could buy and put it on the bottom of your GameCube and you could put a game, a Game Boy game, like a Nintendo DS game, not a DS game, and the Game Boy Advance game into the bottom of it. And it would, you could play the Game Boy game on your TV. We got a lot of mileage out of that. That's was pretty amazing. dope. That's actually it kind of like a predecessor cool. to the Switch if you think about it. Like they were yeah. already thinking about ways to take your handheld and pop it up on a big screen. Surprisingly, surprisingly amazing. Um, but I mean, I mean, to, to get back to PlayStation, I mean, I am officially a PlayStation Four guy. I had the PS Four and the Xbox One, and I ultimately wound up selling the Xbox One because the PlayStation Four. I just I felt more in tune with it. Does that make me a Sony fanboy? Absolutely not. But. Um, currently i am on the i'm on team sony i guess you guys are on are on many many teams <laughs> you guys are on every team i would um, say i'm very impartial i still lean like if there's a multi-platform game for whatever reason i still lean towards the xbox and so here's kind of like a gaming history for nerd bomber um when i was a kid like i, I pc gamed that was just big in my household my dad built pcs out of spare parts all the time so we had a bunch of pcs and i grew up basically on a pc playing games but then when i got a little bit older my parents got me the well i had a game boy but I don't really count that so much because I really only played Pokemon on my Game Boy. But then I got a PlayStation 2 
when I had like a, a minor surgery when I was a child and the PlayStation 2 was like my gift to kind of get me through the next month because I was bedbound while I was recovering. And that basically propelled me into the world of gaming. Like my mom probably regrets it a lot because I spent so much time on my PlayStation 2. And then after that, like when the PlayStation 2 kind of phased out and the new console generation started, it took me a while to get into it. So then Xbox 360 was my path back into gaming. And then I was just kind of, I I, I don't know, I just didn't want to give up my gamer score and everything that I'd built. But now I feel like the PlayStation just has so much to offer. I mean, all of the consoles really do, but especially now that like PSVR is such a huge deal for me personally, yep. I feel like it's such an affordable entry point into virtual reality. And I now I have a gaming PC for the first time in a very long time, but even that can't really run VR unless I sink a lot of money into it. And to have that entry point at a 199 US dollars is just absurd. Not to mention all of the first party titles that PlayStation keeps pumping out that are hugely influential and win some of the generation's best games, in my opinion. So we 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 do have to move on because we're running a little short on time. But uh, you know, I I feel like I've maybe crapped a little bit on the Wii and on Nintendo in general. I mean, I do love the GameCube, but like I feel like Nintendo really has the platforming niche. And they they have it for a reason. They're they're dominant in that genre, and they should be. Um, PlayStation and Xbox, I think, have very similar uh, aptitudes as consoles. I think they both kind of go in on on the shooters a lot more, um, and just try to hit them in general a much broader base of people, um, and, and the serious gamers especially. Um, I think PlayStation does a better job of that, but I also can understand people love the xbox controller i know you guys like it more um I am a fan. and i i totally i totally understand that i think the xbox controller does feel better in the hand i think that's probably where where the edge is for for microsoft at this point um we'll see you know obviously the console wars will rage on for years to come but today is a a major victory for playstation so congratulations to sony and all the folks who work there um we're going to move on uh, to our next segment of the show, which is what are you up to Wednesday? And I'm going to start with Tectic today. Tectic, what do you have for us? Okay. So as you all know, it is now December, which means Christmas celebration for myself has started. So the major thing that has happened to me this past week is I want to see a light show, which is where all these Christmas lights are put up and you just kind of walk the entire path and, and really just take in the holiday spirit. And if you haven't done so, I always recommend doing it early in the season because it, it kicks off what I like to call Christmas sweater wearing time. And, and there's some air quotes in mm. there, but, but it basically for me um, let's, makes me emotionally ready to, to say, yep, I can leave the house wearing this. So that is... So I'm emotionally ready to wear sweaters all the time. In my ideal, like if I went to heaven right now, I'd be wearing a sweater in heaven. Huge sweater guy. Christmas sweaters are a different version of that, but they're, you know, Christmas sweaters are generally louder and have more patterns, but I'm for that too. So Christmas sweater season, rejoice. It's, it's a fantastic time of year. Glad to hear that you're emotionally (laughs) prepared for it. I'm not not talking regular sweaters. I'm talking ones with reindeer sewed on them. But they're but they're like they're not like the the typical ugly sweaters. They're like casual Christmas sweaters. 
You know right. what I mean? What, so what, what's your repertoire like? How many do we have? And, and, you know, what are we looking at? I've currently got three that I that I cycle through. Solid number. Because you, you, you basically can only wear one a week or else you're seen as that, that crazy person. And right. I don't want to do that. I just, I'm okay with being weird. I'm not okay with being crazy. But but there is there is a line that you mentioned, right, where, you know, there is definitely such thing as a holiday sweater. It's not your basic solid color sweater. It might have a few different colors in it. It might be cable knit. But it's not an ugly Christmas sweater. That That's crossing a line. And there's a sweet spot where it sounds like you're, you're sitting, which is just great. I'm very happy for you. So get those sweaters out, folks. It's time. You heard it here first. Uh, Nerd Bomber. All right. So I kind of have two things I'd like to touch on. The first being um, I've read a new book. I was actually under a time crunch because I got it from the library and I only had seven days to read it, which was very stressful. Um, But a a while back, I had talked about a book called Semiosis by Sue Burke. And the general gist of that book was that um, Earth sent colonists to another planet and the plants on that planet actually were conscious and had a brain and were actually smarter than the humans and basically then how the humans and the plants interacted and formed a a community or some kind of pact to live on that planet together so the sequel to that book came out and i will say if you read the first book i would 100 percent recommend reading it it was very very good um it, it really fleshed out some of the the life forms found on packs the the only problem was that i didn't find it to be as good as the first book um and they had a, a set colony already established and then they brought in or sue burke rather wrote in Um, earthlings visiting the colony now that it's already been established and I just found those characters to be kind of unlikable and I didn't really care about them I wanted to focus more on just the ecosystem and the cultures evolving on the new planet so they kind of got in the way just a teeny bit but overall I would say the book was very enjoyable and I would definitely give it a read it was one of my favorite books semiosis was uh coming out of last year so this is a really good follow-up um and then I also got a chance to dig more into astral chain which now that I'm past the first like five hours, I'm really starting to get a good feel for the combat system. And I'm, I'm, I've gotten access to upgrading my Chimera and it's just been so much fun. Um, I really kind of lost myself in it. I, I ended up playing a little bit longer than I intended to the other night. And so I was a little bit sleepy, um, but it, it's a really fun game. I would definitely recommend it. The story is really starting to pick up. The customization options are way more than I expected there to be. So I'm really enjoying it. I definitely think it's one of my front runners for one of my favorite games that I've played this year. Well, so you covered books and games. Uh, Tactic covered the holidays generally. Um, I'm just going to leave you with a movie recommendation. Uh, and I will premise it by saying if you have you've heard me level a lot of movie movie recommendations on this podcast. If you ever listen to if you listen to just one, listen to this one. Uh, Knives Out is my movie of the year. Uh, absolutely fantastic from start to finish. Um, a fabulous standalone experience. It's, it's We're not dealing with a bunch of this franchise crap where you have to know certain things and there's going to be six other movies. It's just a great old-fashioned whodunit story with a fantastic cast. Um, I've actually seen it three times and it came out less than a week ago, which is pretty impressive. Uh, You've seen this so three myself. times in theaters? 
three times and it wow. may have even, even it, it fr- from the second time it definitely improved just because it's a whodunit right so it's a murder mystery so you feel like you know more of what's going on the second time through uh the third time i kind of knew too much so I, <laughs> it definitely there were there were diminishing returns but um it's a super super great movie great for the family take the kids um although it is pg-13 so it's not like super for like little kids um but I thought it was just a, a really fantastic movie. Funny, uh, fantastic performances. Daniel Craig will knock your socks off. Um, so go check that out. And speaking of movies, um, I do want to go through the Fantasy Movie League review really quick. Um, just run down what happened in the past week. Uh, I came in 11th because I didn't set my lineup. It used my lineup from the week before, so I didn't do terribly, but uh, it didn't go great. Uh, our Patreon producer, Ben came in first uh so shout out to him he barely edged out hipster pop geek uh who's at number two they both had just a little bit over 91 million uh mecha yoda at three with just about 90 heck it's tech with 89 and a half devin reed also at 89 and a half boy a lot of close close uh close games this week nerd bomber at number six with 88.7 Justin AR Radio with 88.3, Technic at number 8 with 88.1, Florida Hawk at 86, and Spitfire at way down at 54. So there's there's your, your drop-off right there. But yeah, a lot of close matchups this week. It looks like a lot of people bet highly on uh, the Mr. Rogers movie, which was smart because I bet that movie is amazing and it's going to draw a big crowd. Um, and uh, Ben and Hipster Pop Geek are, are one and two seeds uh, bet on Knives Out, so... That was also a good move. I think that movie's going to do very well in the box office. So um, we're entering week seven now of our third season, maybe our fourth season of Fantasy Movie League. Um, if you want to join us, you can head on over to fantasymovieleague.com and our league name is Online Warriors Podcast. It is a locked league, but the password is podcast all lowercase. We'd love to have you involved. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you'll beat me. It's pretty easy. And that's just a nice feather feather for your cap. Um so yeah this brings us into the final turn of the episode um and we're going to be doing another lie detector test um with the topic uh selected by our patreon producer ben uh this week there's going to be some fake and real fonts um i had a lot of fun with this one uh coming up with some fake ones um i used the microsoft word list of fonts kind of as my baseline all the real ones are right in microsoft word so i'm not taking any crazy ones that someone just made and put on the internet that didn't seem like it was really in the spirit of the game so um before we before we get to it what's your guys confidence level 100 percent uh i don't know yet that i'm not gonna do well okay so that was pretty unclear as to who's gonna win which is exciting because now we're, we're about to get started so i have 10 in front of me here um, I'm not going to tell you how many are real and how many are fake. You're going to have to just figure that out yourself. Uh, number one, Baghdad. That's real. That's real. You are both frustratingly correct. That's that's real. Um, you guys both seem to know right away. W- w- what gave it away? I've used it. Yeah, same. I don't know what I've used it for, but I know 100% I've used it. You guys have good memories. Jeez. Well, this is going to be probably pretty easy for you then. Uh, let's keep it going with Marion. Real. That's real. Do you guys just have encyclopedic font knowledge? <laughs> I feel like anything, if this is all coming out of like the standard word fonts, 
because like I've agonized over the fonts that I've used in random things. Like if you make a greeting card or a sign on Word, like you have to make sure that your font's not too too whimsical, but also serious enough. And it's very, I've agonized over fonts. It's a big decision. Well, uh, hopefully I'll be able to stump, stump you at least once, but the way this is going, I'm not optimistic. You're both tied at two. This could be a dead heat. Uh, let's go with number three, Palatino. Real. Fake. And Nerd Bomber pulls ahead. It is real. Um, not much flavor text to add to that other than that it is real and it's in Microsoft Word. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, the next one, Couture. Fake. Fake. Okay, that's fake. Well done. <laughs> uh, okay, we're just going rapid fire now. I like it. Um, one of the fake ones that I made, you're definitely going to laugh at because I realize now that it's ridiculous, but I'm going to say it anyways. Not this one, though. This one is... We don't know whether it's real. <laughs> uh, Euro style. False. Fake. Real. That is real. Tactic tie. Really? Okay, um, I've never heard of that one. That one's real. Um, Rantoul. That one I think is fake. Real. It is fake. Nerd Bomber pulls ahead. Man, you guys, are, this is you guys are doing great. Uh, embossed. That one's real. I've used that on signs. Sorry, I didn't even give Tactic a chance to answer. I'm gonna he say knows. real because she's like crazy confident. <laughs> Who knew I was a font master? So you guys are both wrong. That's fake. No. It's fake. I'll double check right now, but uh, almost positive. There's a hundred percent an embossed font. I have Microsoft Word open in front of me. I am scrolling, and uh, I have engravers. Are you interested in engravers? Oh, that's what I. Th- oh man, I'm sorry, Tactic. I led you astray. I'm not really sorry, man, but wow. She's playing the mental game. Um, okay. Well, this is this is interesting, guys. I mean, it's very close here. Uh, catamaran. That is a boat. <laughs> yeah, that's fake. And your point? <laughs> I'm going to go with fake. Tactic, did you also say fake? Yes. Yeah, it's fake. Dang it. I knew it was a boat. I just, I mean, there's a lot of fonts that are named after things. That's true. That is true. Uh, all right. F- Futura. That's real. That one is real. You guys are both correct. And... The last one, crinkle cut. That's fake. I think that's fake. That's a fry. Yeah. A French fry. It's fake. Yeah, I, I like how this game was just you saying what my fake ones were. No, that's a boat. <laughs> that's a fry. Um, Specifically a French fry. Well, so that was An disappointing. Unmashed um, potato. You guys both did extremely well, but uh, Nerd Bomber had the edge. She just barely won out six to five. Oh, yeah. If I just went with my gut, it would have been a tie. Which one did you, you not? Yeah. Was it embossed? embossed? She, she, just listened, she just listened to you, I think. Um, so, yeah, I hope you learned something, Tactic. Um, well, that was a bummer. I guess next time I have a lie detector, I'm going to have to work harder on, on stumping you guys. Um, but in the meantime, Tactic will have our no nerd bomber will have our next quiz next week so uh, Shit, she has the difficult task she has a difficult task of uh trying to outsmart us wily co-hosts so, i actually uh, really enjoy hosting I'm, I'm a big fan 
I usually do, but this was this was a rough outing. So uh, I'm gonna have to reevaluate my my lying abilities um, for next time, or the, well, the next time I host. Um, in any case, we're hoping to to see you all back here next time, uh, next week. That is when we uh, drop our next episode. We thank you for joining us for this one, and uh, that's my dog barking in the background, <laughs> uh, saying goodbye. Um, so we'll let you go and, uh, we'll, uh, let you have a great week, hopefully. And we'll talk at you next week. See you next time. Bye.